Stand by. Hello and welcome to the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist. And now your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the Lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Today is Monday, March the 18th. Also, within the Librocube, is Movie Monday. Yay, movies. Doug loves them, and so do I. Today's sponsor is Don't Call Me Shirley brand Shirley Temple Mix. Once again, today's sponsor is Don't Call Me Shirley brand Shirley Temple Mix. Something I like to do at the top of every shoe, really big shoe, is to say, uh, especially on Movie Mondays, I think, that there will be spoilers. There will be spoilers, 99% sure. Not 100%, because you never know, but fairly damn sure. Uh, something else I like to say uh, is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is that perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. A friend or well-wisher. Uh, if you followed along last week with the podcast, you will know uh, I only did one episode. I only did a fr- Internet Day episode because uh, the weekend prior, previous... Uh, I went to Toronto Comic Con, so that meant that A, I had a really good time and did a Toronto Comic Con edition of the podcast, but uh, it also meant, this would be, I guess, the dark lining to the silver cloud, that I didn't do, uh, I didn't consume much in the way of media. I didn't watch any movies, I didn't really watch any TV, didn't play any video games. Uh, I did read, uh, which is why this week, I will have a two-part uh, book by Wednesday. Also, a jam-packed Movie Monday, which you are experiencing right now with your ear holes. A jam-packed TV Tuesday. A jam-packed Thirk Video Games Day. i got two games to talk about. And, as usual, because the internets are brimming with uh, swag? No. Brimming with stuff, though. We'll have a jam-packed one of those, too. So it's going to be a busy busy week as far as podcast episodes go. Um, Not only all five days, but jam-packed five days. So we are living in a land of plenty, and I just wanted to let you know. uh, It would be a good week for you to join us and start listening to the podcast for the simple reason that you will get an example of every type, every flavor of episode I do. Huh. Smart beans. And also cool beans. Let's uh, hop right in, because I have six movies to talk about. Boy, howdy. I am going to try to do the formula uh, of three on the way to work, three on the way home. Huh. Sounds like a plan. Movie the first. Five centimeters per second, it is called. Five centimeters per second. This is a anime movie. I enjoy me some anime movies, however, I have not uh, watched any in a long time, so what I did is went, as I occasionally do, searching for movies. Uh, In this case, I went to a site that was like top 
100 anime movies of all time, that kind of, that kind of list, and then I uh, got a whole bunch of them. So uh, these will be trickling in from time to time now. Um, I hope that the rest of them are not like this. <laughs> I was um, expecting something a little different. It was more uh, like a, jeez, I, I guess really, if you, if you had to put it in a category, you could put it in the category of romantic anime. <laughs> and by that I don't mean hente tentacle rape, I mean like romantic anime. It was, uh, this version was dubbed into English. I don't uh, necessarily mind the ones that are still in Japanese or whatever language they may be in uh, with subtitles. Um, a lot of, like, sort of, I think, diehard, super into it anime people will refuse to watch dubbed versions because they feel that it loses some of its goodness. Um, I could see their point of view, I suppose. However, um, when I'm watching movies, quite often I'm doing things at the same time. So if I have to read um, the subtitles, that makes that impossible. So I like a good dub. And this was, this was a good dub. Uh, it is a story of young love. Aww. Story of a uh, boy and a girl, um, eventually a man and a woman, because this follows them through the years, who, uh, as children, fall in love. Aww. Do you remember your first love? Yeah. Adorables. Um, the Misses, who I am currently married to, apparently, back in grade school, I do remember dating her. I'm doing air quotes, because when you're you know, how old are you in grade school? Like, tens? Tens, elevens? Eleven teens? Somewhere in there? Do you really know what dating means? Uh, I don't think you do. Uh, she told me, and others in the same grade of, as us, as us ha have uh, passed on to me that we did get married in a small ceremony on the playground, apparently. Uh, so that's interesting. And, uh, I suppose, very romantic. Ah. <sighs> Uh, so, in the case of these uh, two, they sort of fall in love as little kitties, and then are immediately um, spread apart by great distances because uh, I can't remember which one of them moves, and then there's great sadness. They try to keep in touch and see each other. Um, a lot of it takes place on the train, sort of traveling to meet one another. The winter stops them, uh, so distance, weather, uh, eventually when they're older, work sort of prevents them from coming together, and all very romantic and kind of not my cup of tea. I did watch it anyways. I didn't, I didn't turn it off, so we're not going to give it a one. We are going to give it a two. Uh, now, that being said, if you like a romantic movie and you like anime, you probably go very high on this, but I don't like romantic movies. They just don't, uh, they don't do it for me. So, two out of five, we'll give her. Apologies to the creators, I just thought it was going to be something else. I like, the reason I like my animes is for weirdness, um, violence, I enjoy a good violent anime, and crazy shit, and robots, and things like that. Akira, there, there's a good example of a, of a cool anime movie, just off the top of Okay, let's move on to Movie the Second. Movie the Second, a little uh, film, 
by the name of Cemetery Junction. This uh, is one of those movies that's sort of really right up my alley, and I always enjoy them. I think you could probably fairly easily put it into the category of dark comedy. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's safe to say. And I love, love me some dark comedies. This movie was, um, I don't know, one of those things I should have maybe looked up. If it was written by Mr. Ricky Gervais, I don't know. But I believe it was Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant, their sort of production company, who um, created, produced, I guess you would say, this movie. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Gervais has a small role in it. He plays the main character's father. Uh, I kind of like the fact that he didn't take a, take a, like a giant role. He just kind of sat back and speaks well of his ego that he doesn't have to be in a huge role all the time. Stephen Merchant also had a, like a little 30 second, um, uh, scene role that was very, very funny. He talked about his wife's tits, if I do recall. Yes. Good stuff. The movie takes place in 1970s in, um, See, it's spelled Reading, but I believe it's pronounced Reading. In, uh, it's like a suburb of London. Uh, if you know, and would like to correct me on that, which I believe is something the internet is a fan of, you could do so at the email address provided in the closing credits. So, lives in Reading. I'm pretty sure it's called Reading. And I guess it's a section of Reading that is uh, referred to by the locals as Cemetery Junction. That's uh, what, what it sounds like. So it follows uh, three buds, three dudes in their uh, 20s, late 20s, early, mid-20s, whatever, uh, around this time and just sort of their lives and the shit that they are going through. Again, I like movies like that where it's just kind of people living their lives, not necessarily crazy shit going down. The main character, oh, I did write down his name. Don't normally do that. Uh, his name is Bruce. Uh, it's He's doing that sort of story of wants to get out of the neighborhood and make something of himself, doesn't want to be trapped, um, and end up like his father kind of deal, wants a better life for himself. Uh, it's a story we have all seen and heard of many, many times, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, it's probably... The fact that we have seen and heard movies and TVs and books such as this following that sort of formula, uh, the fact that it happens a lot probably means that people like it and that it's good. Hey, there you go. Uh, his way in which he decides to go about this is to become a little more cultured than his friends. His friends are especially the, um, I guess we could call them big boned. No, no. Um, Stout, yeah, the stout one. He's uh, pretty hilarious and gross. Uh, his nickname is... Oh, I didn't write it down. It's like, is it Snot? It might be Snot, or something that sounds like Snot. They said it a bunch of times, and it never... It sounded like Snot, but I don't think it was, because it didn't quite sound like Snot. It was a weird nickname. Um, and he must have said uh, close to a half a dozen times in the movie that he has a nose for Muff. He knows for Muff. Uh, anyway, so uh, Bruce decides that becoming a little more, more cultured and getting a job as a insurance salesman, exciting, mm. 
uh, will perhaps propel him out of this. He works for Ralph Fiennes, who uh, you probably know who that is, very famous actor. And um, it turns out that he knows Ralph finds his daughter from way back in the day, and they had a little fling together, and he finds her engaged to his current um, uh, supervisor, Guy, and starts to fall in love. So, a little uh, a little back love story there that he tries to, and, spoiler, does win her over, um, and decides that he does not need to leave his friends behind, he does not need to become super cultured and become an insurance salesman and make lots and lots of money. He just needs love uh, and, to, and to travel and to experience life. So uh, a little takeaway there that money isn't everything. Aww. Okay. Movie the third. Hmm. Movie the third is called Some Guy. Some Guy Who Kills People. Starring, I wrote his name down, um, because as you know, I suffer from the name curse and cannot remember names. Uh, his name is Kevin Corrigan. Kevin Corrigan, uh, I really like. You uh, probably, I assume, are like me and will know him if you Google him and get a look at his face, but will not know his name. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I feel bad that I am like that, but I just am. So... Uh, I usually have to look at people's faces to know if I've seen them or not. I think I am good at remembering faces, though. Uh, you've seen this guy, I bet, in, in a bunch of things, and he's always very good. He, uh, you know what, I think, just sort of on this subject, is in a lot of dark comedies. Such as this one. Hey, just realized that that's two dark comedies. I must, I must like them. Kevin Corrigan plays Ken. <laughs> Uh, who was somewhat recently, they never say when exactly, released from a mens menstal. A menstal. A mental. For some reason, I don't think that's the first time that I've thrown an S in the word mental. A menstal institution. Uh, because he tried to um, commit suicide. Yeah. And he is basically, he's working, his life is pretty uh, garbagey in that he's, well, he tried to commit suicide, he's still living at home with his mother, he uh, is working at an ice cream shop, shop, and uh, just things are not going great for him. Then, one day, the whole world goes topsy-turvy for him when he finds out that A, he has a daughter, well, you know what? I, I think he actually knew he had a daughter. But uh, more accurately, I guess, the daughter finds out that um, her father is basically still alive and around-ish. So she goes to meet him. The daughter, super, super cute girl. Um, I looked at her IMDb. Shit, I didn't write down her name, though. And she's been in other things. She was very good in this good actress. One of those um, performances by a young person in which you think, yeah, you know what? This person is going to be around. They're, they're going to be around in the biz, and we will see them later. So I uh, definitely got that. Kind of stole the show a little bit, actually. Uh, so she pops into his life, ends up staying with him, and um, just sort of makes the attempt, I guess, to, uh, could you say, turn his life around? 
turn it for the better. Now, that could be a movie right there, and I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty sure I have seen things such as that before in movies. However, it's got the backdrop of being in a town in which a series of murders are taking place. Since I'm close to work, I think I could do this without spoiling it. So, uh, the people being murdered are people from a college, or just college, from a high school basketball team, sort of back in the day, uh, definitely pre-Ken's trip to the insane asylum, his attempted suicide, uh, and they're sort of being knocked off one by one. Ken was the mascot of this team, and went through a very, very traumatizing experience in which the members sort of I guess, really, for lack of a better word, tortured him. So, yeah, there you go. You have that mixed with this sort of uh, father-daughter stuff with an underlying uh, comedy, comedy-ness. Uh, some very funny scenes involving the police officers who are from this uh, small town investigating the murders. Very, very good. Highly recommend. Oh, I didn't give Cemetery Junction a uh, rating, did I? We'll give that a four. We'll give some guy who kills people a five. Really, really liked it. All right, I'm at work. So I'm going to go in and do eight hours of work and come back for three more movies. Yay, us. Love you, Jerry's. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. Back. We are back, back in action. Hello again. Eight hours of work completed. Working robot, working robot, powering down. All right, uh, let's just jump right back in. No sort of preamble um, whatsoever. We're going to jump. We're going to jump into it feet first. We're not even going to test the depths. The depths, the depths. The Depths. The Depths. Movie The Fourth. Little uh, little movie called Silent Hill. Oh, shit, man. <laughs> Revelation. Uh, I think today it is windy to the point where even you, the listener, will be able to hear it. Because it is friggin' crazy how windy it is. I don't ever remember a day being this windy. Let's just say it like that. It got to points at work where it sounded like someone was, like, banging on the roof that it was so windy. There's snowdrifts, which I'm not digging. <sighs> okay, so that was uh, the Jordan's weather report today. Just because you could probably hear how windy it is. So, there you go. Silent Hill revelation, not a lot of wind. When you, uh, when you have fog to the degree which exists in uh, Silent Hill, it's pretty calm. Pretty calm. Now, would you rather have a crazy windy day where your car is blown all over the road and there's snow drifts and sounds like the roof's going to come off, or have a foggy day, nice and calm, however, there's killer crazy monsters all over the place? Decisions, decisions. Uh, to be fair, you do not actually have to make this decision keep that in mind. Uh, I did see the first Silent Hill. 
Uh, and I didn't mind it. I probably don't really remember it too much. Go three to five. This one, again, we'll we'll stick with the three out of five, which I like to use for my enjoyed while watching it. However, however, would not uh, probably ever watching it. I did play the video games a little bit, not too heavily, and I remember one of them. I think it was Silent Hill two or three. Um, just played it for like half an hour and was so bored by it that I gave up. So I'm not a huge fan of the video games. They do have sort of a little bit of a Resident Evil feel in that they are survival horror with crazy Japanese influence kind of stuff going on. Uh, so that being said, uh, sounds cool. Yeah. I was kind of also surprised that the misses did not hop on board with this because it is a, I guess you would say, horror movie. Yeah, falls into the horror movie category. And normally, um, she is all over that, that genre. However, I didn't want to watch it, so I watched it all by my lonesome. I don't know why. I should have asked her why she didn't want to watch it. But uh, when she says she doesn't want to do something, I do not question it, because that is dangerous. Dangerous territory. Uh, so the movie follows um, the Silent Hill girl, didn't write down her name, and it is unimportant. It's sort of like, I guess, years after the first one. It's sort of the gist I was getting. Again, don't really remember. It's not... Uh, uh, sort of, it's it is sort of a forgettable movie with cool parts in it. Cool, cool bad guys. Yeah, okay. Let's let's throw that right off the top. The bad guys within bad guys. See how it's, it's it sounds like I'm talking about a video game. Uh, the bad guys, monsters within these games are cool. Cool looking, scary, uh, creepy, uh, just good stuff. That's that's why I give these movies threes because they got cool moments. If they did not have these, these moments of fear due to cool, creepy, scary bad guy things, then uh, I'd probably go two. Uh, so the movie starts off what, with what I am guessing is a couple years after the events of the first one. Um, the main girl, girl A, and father B are uh, living their life. Apparently they have to move every couple of years because I guess... They are haunted by the events of the first movie and um, eventually haunted by actual things that haunt things. Haunted by ghosts and monstery things. So haunted metaphorically and then haunted um, literally. The father disappears. Uh, we find out, meaning... This girl finds out that he has been, I guess you would say, kidnapped. Although he's not a kid. Adult-napped to Silent Hill. Uh, actually, I guess for those of you who know absolutely nothing of Silent Hill, Silent Hill is a fictional town. Now, it is a town that, uh, I guess he, a kind of interesting way you can look at it, is it is a town that exists in real life and is uh, a normal, smallish town. And then... There is sort of an alternate version reality of it that exists in tandem with the real town. The alternate version is where all the cool shit goes down. Uh, it's got a really cool, scary vibe to it. I, I like it. Um, it's cool to look at. 
would be if you were actually in it terrifying. Uh, everything's got a sort of decayed, wet, gross, scary, dark, monstery look to it. And, uh, and I like it. Uh, let's see. This girl has to travel to Silent Hill to, to save her father. Double to... There was a section at a mall. Uh, I only break this up because <laughs> this is sort of a little inside joke between the missus and I that whenever there is a mall in a movie, I will say, hey, that's a Woodbine Center. The, for those of you who don't know, which is, I imagine a lot of you, the Woodbine Center is a mall in uh, Toronto, Etobicoke area, um, about half an hour-ish, probably not even from where we live. And it's been in a bunch of movies, and it's gotten to the point where I just say, hey, it's a Woodbine Center for every single mall shot in any movie ever. And the missus always rolls her eyes and says, that's not it. She doesn't say it like that, but she also doesn't listen to these podcasts, so I can make fun of her as much as I want. <laughs> Take that, the missus. <laughs> so I really, really wish she had to watch this movie with me uh, for the reason that a little chunk of this movie was filmed in the Woodbine Center, the actual factual one. So I could have said it, and she would have rolled her eyes and said, no, that's not it. And then it would have actually been it. Okay, uh, spoke briefly there about the monsters. I did uh, write down a couple of them. Of course, the return of Pyramid Head. He is sort of your quintessential Silent Hill bad guy. He is giant, has a sort of a strange-shaped pyramid for a head, a giant pyramid head, and a giant, huge, cannot stress how big, axe, um, hammery thing that really uh, kicks some ass as far as uh, weapons from video games and movies go. This is uh, maybe in, in the top five for coolness. There is the nurses, the infamous nurses, also from the video game. They are creepy. And I think this year at Toronto Comic Con, perhaps it was at Fan Expo, actually, I don't remember. It is a, it is a not common, but a, a cosplay that quite often girls were do, because it's got that combination of sexy, because you're, well, a nurse, and then uh, spooky, because you're a Silent Hill nurse. There was uh, another girl, which I think might have been from the first one, who's got, like, saws coming out of her head and, like, giant sword, sword knife arm things. Uh, sort of a little bit of a feel of a Hellraiser. Uh, again, we'll just say monster, bad guy, demon, whatever you want to categorize it as. And then uh, I think the coolest one was one I'd never seen before. It was... Uh, sort of multi-armed, legged, headed, spidery kind of looking thing made out of mannequin parts. And then you sort of learn that the mannequin parts are actually from real people and sort of silently screaming. And uh, really, uh, it was CG, which I guess it had to be, but it was cool looking. We'll, we'll throw it into the cool looking monster category for sure. Okay, let's move on uh, to a stand-up comedy special. I uh, brought back one, I guess, a couple of weeks ago, did I not? Uh, Chris Hardwick's. So, uh, since I enjoyed that, I thought I would bring back another one. Why the hell not? Especially because when I tell you it is Mr. Brian Posehn, 
and his stand-up special called The Fartest. The Fartest. It will make even more sense just for the reason that uh, quite often, or a couple of times anyways, I have brought back to a frat internet day episode uh, Brian Posehn's podcast, Brian Posehn and Friends podcast, um, Nerd Poker, in which he and a bunch of his friends will sit around and play uh, Dungeons and Dragons. So when I saw his stand-up special was available on Netflix, I definitely signed up for that and uh, watched it and laughed because he's a very funny dude. Uh, a lot of the shit he says and does reminds me of myself, which, if you watch this, uh, is kind of depressing to say that, actually. Hmm. Yes. Sadness. Uh, I wrote down very few notes, um, so let's see what they had to say. Uh, first, I think, joke he said that gave me a good laugh-out-loud moment was... Um, about rating holes. For example, we have on our bodies an a-hole, sometimes referred to, I guess, as an asshole. And he was saying that holes on the body, uh, if you were going to rate them, probably that one you would not give an A to, because it is a shitty one, literally. Huh. He uh, talked about how he has since quit smoking weed uh, in the last couple of years, I guess it was, he said. Uh, which I, for the most part, have too, so that kind of um, fit into me seeing shit that he said and did, uh, reminding me of myself. He talked about a story with a guy by the name of Ganja John, who he smoked copious amounts of very strong medical weed with, and this Ganja John character then took out his glass eye. <laughs> so as far as um, sort of deciding to quit smoking, I think smoking until you're totally freaked out, and then a guy who you are smoking with takes out his glass eye, it's probably, uh, as far as times to quit, that's, that's a good sign. It's a good sign you should quit. Um, he talked about uh, a lot of fart talk, as you can imagine, with the name of the uh, special... And the fact that he is a sort of... He is a comedian who obviously likes to tackle the very uh, deep and poignant subjects such as um, farts. And how, now that he is getting older, his farts are smelling worse and worse. He gave a really... Uh, a very hilarious story about how Christian Slater smelt one of his farts. Uh, I don't want to give anything away. No fart spoiler there. Um, but I recommend you watch this very highly. Two other points he made were how uh, Weird Al was one of his reasons he wanted to get into comedy, so I really like that. And my favorite thing he said, and this is something I'm pretty sure I've brought up before one way or another, is that he is a huge, 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 cannot stress how huge, a Star Wars nerd. Now... He is a Star Wars fan who does not like Star Wars. Now, let me clarify that by saying he loves the Star Wars universe. He loves the first three movies that put a, put a real 
greatly sort of impacted his life and personality, and he hates. Underline, exclamation point, went on for several minutes about his hatred of the newest, um, the, the three prequel movies. So the reason I bring this up is because uh, I love the fact that even Star Wars movie, even Star Wars fans do not like Star Wars movies. I like that fact. That's why, one of the reasons why I am a Star Trek guy, way, way, way over a Star Wars guy. Uh, for in the fact that even Star Wars fans, quite often, do not like Star Wars movies, I think says something about the quality of Star Wars versus Star Trek. Does it not? The other thing, yeah, let's, let's leave that where it is. And when I say leave that where it is, of course I mean by saying Star Trek is better than Star Wars. <laughs> Next and last movie is a little film... Uh, I believe it's a little independent movie. I believe it was at uh, Sundance. Cannes did sort of the indie movie circuit, I'm pretty sure. It's called The Expendables 2. Okay, so you may have heard of this. It, uh, I did see the first one. And let's just say that this movie is exactly what you expect it would be. If you go into this expecting um, good acting, you're going to be disappointed. If you uh, go into it expecting a story that makes sense, you're going to be disappointed. If you go to it um, into it expecting a shit ton of super violent action, explosion, gunfire, uh, cheesy, super cannot express how cheesy one-liners, uh, you're going to have a good time. And I did. <laughs> oh, uh, sorry, I forgot to give uh, Brian Posehn, the fartist, a rating. We'll go four to five. V very, very much enjoyed it. Um, okay, back to the Expendables, which just threw out my rating. Let's say if you are going to into it expecting things that I mentioned that you should not expect then you're going to get a two or a three experience. However, if you are just going in looking for some mindless violence and uh, not even just mindless violence, just a mindless movie that you can turn your brain off and watch the pretty, pretty explosions, uh, then you're going to probably go four, maybe even some five moments within this movie. Ooh. I'm going to stick with four of them. Uh, let's just run down some of the action stars within this. You have uh, Sylvester Stallone. He is, I guess, the star, you would say. Him and Jason State Statham. Jason Statham. Uh, big star there, yes. He was good, and I, I like him. He's actually, I think, at least has the potential for good acting abilities. I uh, didn't really get to use it in this movie. Uh, you have Jean-Claude Van Damme, who they made the bad guy. Uh, the reason I like that is because I picture um, all of these action stars sitting in a room trying to decide which one was going to be the bad guy, and then he was the only one who had an accent, so they decided to make him the bad guy. Hmm. Jet Li, who was in the first one more than this one, he was just kind of in the first little chunk of this movie, uh, I think, and then decided he saw where this movie was headed and said, oh, well, uh, 
Anyways, guys, I got things to do, so count me out. You have uh, Dolph Lundgren, who's a weird dude. Uh, Bruce Willis, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Huh? Bruce Willis and Arnold Schwarzenegger had uh, smaller parts. Not cameos, a little uh, between a cameo and an actual part. Uh, Terry Crews, he is, uh, I think in real life, a crazy guy. And uh, I think also in real life, funny. I'm pretty sure. I've heard of his comedic abilities, but also crazy. Okay, so that is your cast. Um, I'm at home, <laughs> so I kind of ran out of time there. Let me just do... Fuck it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit in my garage like a crazy person and finish this. Uh, just to say that the movie is broken up into three missions. The missions are the first opening mission, which is just introductory to all the characters. Then a mission in which one of the main guys didn't write down his name. Uh, his name's Billy in the movie. <laughs> Poor Billy dies. And then the last mission, which is revenge for the death of Billy. <laughs> what a stupid name for... Oh, God. Okay, um... So... That's that's the movie. That's that's what you got. One final note, and then we'll end it on this. Uh, Jason Stathens, I was have trouble with his last name, uh, was getting married to a lady by the name of don't know what her name is in the movie, but it was played by Charisma Carpenter. Charisma Carpenter, you will know. I hope you do, as Cordelia Chase from Buffy and Angel. So I wrote it down because I love that. And I love you. And it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical Libra Cubicle Wrist. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Come the day you're mine Live long and prosper